With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll check in with the Chargers. Justin Herbert will join us coming up next hour. Buda Baker, the Arizona Cardinals safety, a little bit later on as well. Your phone calls always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. It's free. Download the app. Watch all three hours. And, of course, our radio affiliates numbering over 360 cities around the country. Rams handled the Bears last night 24 to 10. And I already saw a headline calling for Matt Nagy's head in Chicago. That seems like a little bit of an overreaction, but we'll dive into that game coming up tonight. Rays Dodgers game six. It's Blake Snell versus the Dodgers bullpen. Now, Tony Gonsolin is going to be the opener. We saw this last week in game two, where he served as an opener for a band of six relievers, three lefties, three righties. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. You got Walker Bueller waiting in uh, game seven, if there is a game seven. I guess all hands on deck when you get to a game seven. But this is the modern philosophy here, where although Blake Snell was great his last start, and you want him to go as long as you can. It, we've seen this philosophy with both these pitching staffs. Hey, let's just go to the bullpen. It used to be you didn't want to get to the bullpen. If you were a manager, you wanted to have your starter out there as long as possible. That has, hasn't been the case. But the concern I have with the Do- uh, Dodgers is the Rays could help their cause if they get to the Dodgers bullpen as early as possible. Because if you break down the pitching in the World Series with L.A., the starters... The ERA is 266, and the Rays are batting 185. The Dodgers' bullpen, the ERA is 5.57, and the Rays are batting 272. 
That's your modern approach to baseball. Turn it over to your bullpen. But what happens when your bullpen isn't very good? We'll find out tonight when these two battle in game six. Uh, back to the Bears, that game last night. It was 24 to 10. It felt like the Rams had this game, that it wasn't that close. And the Rams have been a good story this year. What I loved is this was a, a chance to reintroduce Aaron Donald to the rest of the country. Jared Goff also maybe a coming out party again. And, uh, you know, they run the football, got a pretty good defense here, but it helps when you're facing a Bears offense that didn't score an offensive touchdown last night. And I brought this up the other day about we're seeing these teams that are flawed because they don't play defense. And I had an NFL scout who heard me yesterday talking about the Seahawks and they need some defensive help as well. He said, this is all about offense. Nobody plays defense. All you want to do is play offense. This is all about offense now. And, you know, the Bears don't have offense. He goes, they got good defense. They don't have any offense. You're not going anywhere. With a good to great offense, you can go places. That's just the way the game is. And you saw that on display last night. The Bears couldn't muster anything with Nick Foles. And, they, you know, it got a little bit saucy after the game because Nick Foles, apparently during a pregame meeting or prior to the game, what happens is your analyst will come in and your play-by-play guy will come in and you sit down with a coach, quarterback, maybe, you know, a defensive player in Khalil Mack, and you just talk. And you're just you're trying to get background information. You know, sometimes they'll get specific and say, hey, you know, we might use this. We might use that player. We might use that package. We might try to surprise them with doing something like this. I don't know what happened when uh, Brian Greasy, he's one of the analysts on, you know, Monday Night Football. He sits down with Nick Foles and Nick Foles talks about how Hey, kind of having a hard time getting the play called in and then getting, uh, you know, getting everybody ready to call it. And, you know, so Greasy drops this bomb like four minutes to go in the game. And I don't know if he knew what he had. I don't know why he waited until four minutes to go in the game instead of sort of giving that as one of the storylines to follow. But here's Brian Greasy during last night's game talking about his conversation with Nick Foles. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. Okay, that's late in the game that he's bringing this up. That's where you start the game and you have keys to the game. And that's where Steve Levy says to Brian Greasy, what should we be looking for on the Bears offensive side of the ball? Hey, Nick Foles told me this a couple of days ago or prior to the game that he and Matt Nagy aren't on the same page, which I find absolutely incredible because Matt Nagy and Nick Foles have been at like four other stops in the NFL together. They're attached at the hip. They know each other quite well. And here they are reunited in Chicago, and somehow they can't get the play in. Well, this is being said during the game. Matt Nagy and Nick Foles have no idea that this is being said during the game. They go into the press conference, and somebody asked Nick Foles about it. This is what he had to say. 
That was definitely a miscommunication with Brian and I. You know, we do these pregame um, conversations the day before the game just to give them information. That conversation, uh, Coach Nagy and I have a great, great conversation on the, the sidelines. So there might be times where we, we go through it beforehand and say, hey, what do you think? And there's times where you got to get the ball out quick and whatnot. But um, in those situations, like Matt and I have a great relationship on the sideline with Con conversations and everything. I think, you know, in that situation with Brian, it was just a miscommunication of words because that's not what I was trying to bring across in that conversation. I don't know what the conversation was. A lot of times what happens is you'll have conversations. There is an inference that this is off the record. You have two quarterbacks, Greasy, a former quarterback, and Nick Foles. Foles might be just talking to him from one quarterback to another. But that meaning is on the record. And if you're going to share something like that, that's why I don't know why Brian Greasy waited till, you know, the fourth quarter to bring this up. This should have been a storyline that we would be able to keep an eye on because I didn't think Foles had time. Uh, I thought Aaron Donald was very disruptive. You know, the defense was really good. He couldn't step into his throws. He had a couple of situations where he, he could have had touchdown passes. But, you know, I'm going to give the Rams a little bit of credit with putting the pressure on him. Then you had Matt Nagy. He's the Bears head coach. That uh, He uh, had this comment on Brian Greasy's comment. I don't know. We, you, you'll have to, whenever you talk to Nick, just kind of see where he's at with that. I, I That's not – Nick and I have a pretty good relationship, and he hasn't said – I mean, he'll probably explain what he meant by that. Okay. I don't know how big a deal this is. Pretty good. But <laughs> they have a pretty good relationship. That was the only part of that that, you know, when I heard that comment, it's like, uh-oh. They probably had a really good relationship prior to Nick Foles telling Brian Greasy about that. Now they just have a good relationship. Kind of good. Yeah, Paul. If your neighbor and, and his wife are arguing out front, you say, how are things going over there? <laughs> yeah, we got a pretty good relationship. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking when you go back to the house? Yeah, McLovin. But everyone knows the deal. You bring in Nick Foles, you're getting fire quotes left and right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> deal with that guy. Yeah. He didn't say, you know, he took it out of context. He said there was a miscommunication there, which is an interesting way to describe, hey, I just told you something that I thought was probably off the record, and uh, you dropped a bombshell on me. Yes, Paul. Any chance this was option three, and Nick Foles was saying, like, hey, when Coach Nagy and I talk about plays, I say there's certain plays I can't do because the offensive line's not going to give me time. And he was maybe calling out his offensive line and the lack of time in the pocket, not necessarily the coach himself. Because that's how it's playing to some people. Yeah. I saw this headline. Chicago Bears time to fire Matt Nagy after week six loss to the Rams. Is it time the Bears admit to the real problem and fire head coach Matt Nagy? Dan Orlovsky of the Mothership, former NFL quarterback, he tweeted after re-watching the Monday night game between the Rams and Bears, the biggest takeaway, the coaching gap between Sean McVay and Matt Nagy is enormous like enormous whatever you think it is, times it by 10. <laughs> Woo! All righty. You know, after the game was really interesting, the game itself wasn't interesting at all. Yes, Todd? Who goes to who first once it becomes public knowledge, this greasy miscommunication thing? Is it for the coach to go to Nick, or does Nick need to go to the coach to straighten this out? Is it who or whom? Whom. Oh, whom. Uh, I'm going to say Nick Foles probably goes to coach. But if there's not a problem, do you go to coach? 
I I go to coach to make sure there's not a problem. It's like everybody's talking about it, so there's a problem. Yeah. So you got to be like, that coach, that's not what I said. You don't want this to expand. You want it to contract. And if you go to Matt Nagy and you say, hey, coach, this is what happened. Because if I'm Matt Nagy, my first thought is, my first question is, Nick, what did you tell Brian Greasy? And was it on the record? And then he can tell you whatever he said. Because right now it's a miscommunication. And we did, we did call for you know, the, the you know, parties involved in this, including Brian Greasy. But if I'm the coach, I just say, hey, come on in. Let's talk about this. How did it get to this point? Yeah, McLovin. I was going to pitch a poll question. Would you bet a week's pay if the Bears make the playoffs or not? They're 5-2. and two. Oh, let me see their record here. I thought that they were a playoff team. You know, I said, you know, I, I didn't buy into the record, but, you know, you, you beat who's in front of you. You know, when, when we start to look at some of these teams, I don't know how good some of these teams are because of the injuries, because of the divisions that you're in, what happens first half of the season with your schedule, second half of the season. So you got, um, they got New Orleans, Tennessee, and Minnesota coming up the uh, next three games, Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Green Bay. Can they... a, that's not tough. I mean, New Orleans, by the way, this week, I mean, the Bears, it's the first time New Orleans has been outside all time. New Orleans has one play, throw it to Kamara and hope he wiggles through. I feel like that's a win. Well, they host the, the Saints, they host the Vikings. Then uh, they're at Tennessee, at Green Bay. Uh, Detroit and Houston are winnable. winnable. Uh, they're at Jacksonville, and they... Uh, End up with with Green Bay. What's it going to take? Nine nine wins? Can they get nine wins? Feels like that. I just they don't they can't generate any offense. I mean that. That they, usually precludes you from entering the playoffs. Well, no, the Bears. You know they were a defensive minded team when they went to the Super Bowl. And, you know, they didn't have a great quarterback. They had an opportunistic defense back then. They always have like a great safety. Or defensive back, like Mike Brown or Peanut Tillman. Like, those are your star players. Lance Briggs. You know you're in trouble if, hey, we got some stars, man. Who who do you got? Mike Brown, Peanut Tillman. Eddie Jackson has scored last <laughs> night again. That guy, is he's the new Mike Brown. By the way, Akeem Hicks was, like, basically the best member of the Rams offense last night. Oh, man. The amount of penalties he gets. Stupid penalties. Yes, McLovin. I think the problem is David Montgomery, that guy, the Bears running back, it's two or three yards on every single. They're the worst run team. Yeah. That's why, like, the, the inside Bears analysts say, like, if they're not going to run the ball, they can't do it. I like how we're talking about the Bears today. Like, do we, if the Bears weren't on Monday night football and this was a Sunday afternoon game, <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about it. Although it is a little juicy about, you know, Nick Foles and his coach and Matt Nagy. Imagine being five and two and people want you fired. Meanwhile, you got a two and five team in Dallas, and we're like, hey, you know what? Here's Stephen Jones, the executive vice president. He's not just the vice president of the Cowboys, he's the executive vice, vice president, and he's uh, Jerry's son. Stephen Jones talking about the uh, head coach, Mike McCarthy. I think we're going in the right direction. I think uh, Coach McCarthy and his staff, it's just going to uh, take time for them to implement. Uh, what they do and the way they play. Uh, we put a lot of work into uh, Coach McCarthy and what his, uh, you know, what his track record was. All righty. <laughs> I'm inspired. Yes, Paul. He sounded like if uh, 
Chris Collinsworth and Jerry Jones got together. The voice. It sounded like a combo of those two. Hmm. Let's play it again. I think we're going in the right direction. I think uh, Coach McCarthy and his staff, it's just going to uh, take time for them to implement uh, what I, they do I, I and the way that. they play. I, I can buy uh, that. A lot of work. Stephen Jones laced with a little Chris Collinsworth in there. Yeah. Yeah, McLovin. I have a Matt Nagy question. Do you think you would recognize him <laughs> if he came in without a Bears visor? No. I, I can't picture his face in my head at all. No. There's nothing about him. He just got a visor. He's a, he's attached. It's surgically attached. Yeah. He's just a visor. By the way, it's not surgically attached. Uh, it was Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells that said, you are what your record says you are. And I don't think that slogan applies to the Chicago Bears. They're 5-1 and one going into last night. And I don't know if anybody bought into them as an elite team there. And last night, that assumption was confirmed. They were on full display, all the flaws there. And, you know, Nick, Nick Foles is a great reliever. He's one of those guys that, man, hey, we need a little boost. It's a big spot. But he just doesn't feel like he's a starter. And that's a problem because Mitchell Trubisky doesn't feel like a starter or a reliever either. And I'm wondering if they go back to Mitchell Trubisky. Have they already seen everything they need to see out of Mitchell Trubisky? And you just want to get through this season. And then you're going to clear the decks. And then maybe Nick Foles is your backup. Maybe you trade for a quarterback. Khalil Mack is still unblockable. And they've snuck into the playoffs with defense before. And maybe that's the case this year. I don't. Nobody bought into them at 5-1. and one, And nobody is buying into them at 5-2. and two. Maybe we should talk about the Rams. It's a little cheerier there. Aaron Donald, just just to remind us that aside from, I guess, Patrick Mahomes, like, like the best position player in football is Aaron Donald. And the fact that he has, what, seven sacks, seven and a half sacks going into that game, he gets double teamed every play, basically, because you have to. And the disruption of going up the middle, it's rare when you have somebody in that position who has that many sacks because you have your speed guys, your edge guys, the disruption that he creates is different than, you know, 99% of your pass rushers because I can, you know, I can shade one side of the field. I can always keep my eye on one side of the field. Aaron Donald is coming right at you. And these quarterbacks who try to set up in the pocket, now I get them outside of their comfort zone. And that's just basically to do with Aaron Donald. It was fun to watch him. Not fun to play against him, I'm sure, but it, it was fun to watch him last night. The Bears are last in the NFL in rushing yards per game. Last in rushing uh, touchdowns. And they're 30th in uh, yards rushing per carry. Those are ominous stats there. And the Bears defense and run the football. And it's defense-ish, but they can't run the football. Yeah, Paul. Is there anything else to talk about? Is there like a Dak Prescott's contractor? I'm a Bears fan. I don't like when they're on national TV. When they're on a Sunday <laughs> one o'clock game, I, I, I'm not kidding. Like when you sit down as a Chicago Bears fan or a team, uh, any team that's not really that good historically yeah. or the past couple generations, yeah. um, you sit down and there's no other options. You kind of have to watch the whole game through, so it's painful, and you have to stay in case they come back. You can't bail. So, but if the Bears are playing one o'clock on a Sunday, I could peek, I could look, and then if it goes ugly, I'm like, I, I got to watch something else. It's not pleasant. 
And I think a lot of people will understand, sometimes watching your team play on national TV is not pleasant. It's not you're watching your team. It's other people are watching your team. Yes, it's like the airing of the laundry. And then everybody goes, what's wrong with your team? God, that team, your team sucks. You walked in today, and all I heard over my shoulder, <laughs> it's, it's dead quiet in the studio because it's just me and Fritzy here. All of a sudden, I hear, you're bears. That's <laughs> true. That's it. Not how you doing. Good morning. Paulie's Paul, got his back to me at the computer, and I just walk by. You're bears. That's it. <laughs> yes, McLovin. But when they beat the Bucks, there wasn't a single mention of the Bears. It was all Tom Brady holding up four fingers. They, were, they weren't even like a sub-story of that. I don't think we mentioned the Bears once after that game, did we? No, because it's always about Tom Brady. I don't even know how they won that game, by the way. I don't remember an offensive touchdown <laughs> in that game. Can you check and see, did the Bears beat the Buccaneers? Feels like they did. Uh, maybe, maybe the Bears should follow like Major League Baseball's philosophy with your pitching staff. Like you, you, you start Trubisky as your opener, and then you bring in like three or four quarterbacks. You know, that, maybe that would be the way or to go. Or play to play. Just run them in back and <laughs> forth and get rid of the headset stuff. No, the Cowboys did that. Tom Landry did that. He did that with Roger Staubach and Craig Morton. Like he, sometimes it used to be they would have their guard would be the messenger. Guard would be on the sidelines, get the play from the coach, and then he would go in. And then he would tell the quarterback to play. There was one season where Roger Staubach and Craig Morton were, they were interactive quarterbacks, which is crazy. But Tom Landry would have Morton go in and then Roger Staubach would come out. I don't know how long they did it. I just remember going, this is crazy. And I was probably 10 at the time and understood it. Yeah, Paul. I, I love when that happens. I think when Ron Jaworski was in his last years in Philly and Randall Cunningham just came in the league, they would swap him in for a couple plays at a time and Randall would run more than throw. But can you imagine the defense looking at Ron Jaworski, who's basically a mobile? I mean, he's a statue. Yeah. And then you bring in Randall Cunningham for the next play and how you have to change your defense. Yes, McLevin. I was there. It was third and long. It was the be- I We had season tickets to the Eagles for that era. And, uh, Randall will come in third and 21 and make it. Like somehow, time. somehow make something happen. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. As I mentioned, uh, Justin Herbert from the Chargers next hour and Buda Baker, Arizona Cardinals safety. Uh, how long into the interview with Buda Baker do I bring up DK Metcalf chasing him down from behind? Do we just tear the Band-Aid off and go, hey, have you seen the game film yet? And what happened when Coach... You know, had the Buda Baker, DK Metcalf play. How many times did he play it and rewind it? Yes, Todd. I think you get it out of the way early. And from his tweets and some of the comments he's made, it seems like he's uh, resigned to the fact that that's forever going to follow him. And, you know, they ended up winning the game so he can uh, he can deal with that. Yeah, it was a great play by DK Metcalf. He understood it was a great play, but they did win. And it was a great play by Buda Baker on MVP frontrunner Russell Wilson Jr. the third. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. Phone calls are welcome. Emails, tweets. Uh, operators are standing by. We'll take a break. It's 22 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. 
The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, my God. The play, the play, the play. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Check this out. Hecker in the air. Wow, that, what a kick. That's Ted Ginn back there. 
and Hecker's done it again. Oh, man. How he booms this football. Listen, this Rams special teams unit from last season was awful. And Hecker has made four impactful plays in this game. None bigger than that one right there. That's courtesy of Monday Night Football and ESPN. Play of the Day brought to you by Breeders' Cup, November 6th and 7th. The world's best thoroughbreds compete in 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020. Catch all the action live on NBC Sports. Johnny Hecker, five punts pinning the Bears inside their 10-yard line on every one of them. Since 2014, Hecker has 214 punts Inside the 20, most in the NFL, Sean McVay gave him the game ball after the game. He punted that as well. I was just kidding. That's not true. I got cheap laughter there from the Dennis. Do we have a poll question that is Johnny Hecker? Yes. Really, we do. Okay. Would you rather be the best punter mm. in the game, mm-hmm. Johnny Hecker, or the worst starting quarterback in the game? Worst starting quarterback in the game? Yes. So you're one of 32 starters in the NFL. I know that's a little tricky with injuries, but say you're like week one starter. Well, I'm guaranteed to be a starting punter for a long time if I'm the best punter in the game. Right. I'm not guaranteed to stay the starting quarterback if I'm the worst quarterback in the league. You probably won't. No. Johnny Hecker's career salary. It's solid. $19.6 million. He's 30 years of age. I don't know if he's going to the Hall of Fame, but but I think think he's making a real strong case to go to the Hall of Fame. And you got Ray Guy as the only punter in there. I don't know if they've ever considered another punter, but I, I would think that Johnny Hecker has a chance to be a Hall of Famer here. Yeah, Paul. Hecker's 30 years old, so he's got about at least five more years of making money. So let's say he makes $35 million in his career. That's probably what he's going to make. If you could have Johnny Hecker's career of $35 million or Chase Daniels' career at $35 million, which mm-hmm. is about what Chase is going to make, never really playing in an NFL game for any long period of time. I would want to be Johnny Hecker because I affect the game. I'm in the game. I'm the best at what I do in the game. I'm an all-pro uh, and maybe a chance to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, McLevin. What if you get like the whole package, like your college career? Because even the worst, you know, like Chase Daniel was a superstar in college, covered Sports Illustrated. You get a lot of glory coming up. Uh, I'm not going to let you do that one. No lifetime career. <laughs> like no, no lifetime achievement. No, no. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We make way for the quarterback of the Chargers. He's Justin Herbert back on the program. How's life? First off, thanks for having me. And, um, you know, it's gone by pretty fast, but uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Now, last time I talked to you, I was talking about the possibility of you ending up with the Chargers. Now, you remember that conversation. You kind of shook me off. I was wide open, and you, uh, you went through your progressions, and you went to another receiver there. You got to listen to me. I know. Uh, in hindsight, I, I, I let you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, glad things worked out, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, how much time did you have to prepare for that first start? Like actual minutes when you heard that Tyrod Taylor 
had uh, been injured by the team doctor, and then you're getting ready to face the Chiefs. Less than a minute. Um, I was I was walking down the sideline, ready to cheer on the the offense because I knew we were getting the ball to start the game. I was saying, "Let's go offense! Let's go offense!" <laughs> Coach Lynn walks up to me and says, "Justin, you're in. Focus up now." And I was looking around and just I really couldn't believe it. And then out of nowhere, Coach Coach Hamilton and Coach Steich and the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, they're there too. And I'm I'm thinking, "Oh, this is really real. I'm really about to go in." <laughs> And, uh, but I wondered if it was better though, Justin, if I said you had 24 hours to prepare as opposed to one minute. Yeah, there were, there were both positives and negatives about it. Um, not having to worry and not having to think about it was great. Just going out there and playing football was awesome, but, uh, I would have loved to have gotten some more team reps that week of practice. And so I didn't really get to a whole lot of, um, rep the, the, the plays that we were going with. And so, um, having, Having had those during the week, I think that would have been a little bit better. Did you talk to Mahomes after the game? Mm-hmm. Got to talk to him, and uh, you know he shared some thoughts, and uh, it was really cool to meet him. Because if you're the backup, you don't get to meet Mahomes. But as the starter, it feels like that's your the door is open that you're allowed to walk over to Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean. Uh, the first game I, I got to go say hi to Joe, but uh, that was only because I kind of, I knew him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been an interesting transition here because I didn't know when you thought you were going to play. Did you have any idea of when you thought you, or how much you were going to play like back in August? No, we had no idea. Um, coach Hamilton and I, we talked about being ready for when that time comes, but, uh, we had no idea. And so we just had to prepare like, like I was the starter and, um, quickly enough, second week uh, was, was pretty quick. When you come into the game, do the linemen, like, do they go, what are you doing? Like, because they're expecting Tyrod come in. Did the line know that you were going to be starting? No, I don't, I don't think anyone, <laughs> anyone knew. Um, when I stepped into the huddle, that's the first time people knew uh, that I was going to play. That's crazy. What's been the biggest challenge? Because you're making it look a lot easier than it really is. It's all been pretty tough. It's, it's not easy by any means. And um, the amount of meetings and, and lifting and, and things we do outside of practice is, is a bunch. And um, the games are, are so fast. The, the pass rushers on that side of the ball are, are different than they were in college. And I think that's definitely something that I've, I've had to get used to pretty much. What about terminology? That getting the play in, processing it, calling the play, and then going to the line of scrimmage? Yeah, it's a little different too. Um, at Oregon, we were a no huddle team. And so we'd get the signal and I'd, I'd reiterate the signal, but I wouldn't really call a play in the huddle. Um, and so that's kind of different with our offense where, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a wristband. I get a play through the headset, call it in the huddle and break. Um, but it's, it's just something I've had to practice. But just getting to the line of scrimmage and everything that goes on, you know, you see Brady and Rogers and Breeze and these guys have been doing it a long time. What is it that they're they're doing that's different than, or what you're aspiring to do? Like when you get yeah. to the line of scrimmage and you see that defense, you know, being able to go, okay, I know what this is, or they're in cover two, they're in man, uh, they're going to blitz. Uh, are, are you there yet? Uh, I'm probably not there yet, uh, but I, I've for sure gotten better over the past couple of weeks, and I think there's always room for improvement. Um, but I think what they do best is I, I think each specific play. Uh, they realize this is what the defense is doing. Uh, we're in a good play or we're not in a good play. 
let's get to a better play. And so they're able to check and do all these things that, you know, I'd love to be able to do in the future. And I'm going to keep learning and, and get better and hopefully one day be there. Are you taught how to slide? I know you're a former baseball player, but I see quarterbacks who don't know how to slide. Um, we haven't had sliding practice yet, um, but with a baseball background, I better be able to slide. Did you have a favorite baseball team growing up? Um, it was actually the Seattle Mariners. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I thought you'd be a Yankee. I saw a picture. Didn't you get a picture with Derek Jeter? Yeah, that was just because I, you know, I was a big Jeter fan. Oh, okay. But, but you were a pitcher, not a shortstop? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I actually played shortstop until um, I hit a growth spurt and they had to move me to first base <laughs> pitcher. What uh, better uniforms, Chargers or the Ducks? Ooh, that's tough. I don't know if I could pick one. But that's that's part of the game here. Like, um, I would say they were both different in their ways. Um, I really enjoyed wearing the Oregon uniforms. Which one do you look faster in? Oh, I don't think I look faster in any of them. Um, <laughs> have Have you ever had a Daniel Jones moment on the field? I can't remember. I would say maybe in like elementary school or middle school. Um, <laughs> I never had that long of runs in games in, in high school or, or college. So I haven't been able to do that. Well, you had, you had a couple long runs in the Rose bowl. Yeah. No, nothing uh, quite like 80, 90 yards. <laughs> I felt bad for him, but you know, that it was like he was running, he was trying to run even faster than he possibly could. He's really fast. I didn't really realize that he broke, I think 21 miles an hour. Yeah. Which is have you been, what's your top end speed? Have you been registered? Not that fast. No? I think we, uh, in college, we got marked at like 20 something, but uh, never quite broke 21. He's Justin Herbert, the uh, Chargers quarterback joining us here on the Dan Patrick Show. Can you tell me about this thing? I didn't know what this was, a regional softball toss when you were 11 years of age at a track meet. Did you, what, what, is, a, what is a softball toss at a track meet? Yeah. So when you're really little, we had the, like these all comers meets and you'd be able to go out there and, and just do a bunch of events. And I don't think they had the shot put or the javelin yet. So it was the softball throw. And uh, did you get a trophy? Yeah. Well, I actually got to go to uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania for the national one. <laughs> so I flew across the country through the softball three times. <laughs> had a lot of fun. And that was it. That was it. How many trophies do, do your parents have? That are yours. Um, I think we've we've got a pretty good amount. I was fortunate enough to be on some pretty good teams when I was growing up. Um, we had a lot of guys, so it uh, we were pretty lucky. But did they put them away? Do did you take any with you to uh, L.A.? No, I think they're all still in the garage. Um, I didn't take any with me, but do you have anything in your apartment? Trophy wise, yeah. Um, I've got, uh, the football that I ran in, uh, against Kansas city, the first, the first touchdown. Oh, that's, cool. that's good. And, uh, you got any jerseys up? I mean, are you in your apartment right now? No, I'm actually in a hotel because we had to evacuate our, our house because of the fires. Oh no. Oh, well, sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, you got Denver coming up. Have you played in snow in a while? Only in my front yard. Um, <laughs> never in a real game, so that's... 
Well, good luck uh, against Denver in Denver, and uh, congrats so far on what's been a pretty incredible uh, run for you there in uh, with the Chargers. Thanks for uh, joining us again, Justin. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Justin Herbert. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. By the way, the Cleveland Browns learning yesterday that Odell Beckham Jr. tours ACL misses the rest of the season. And it's the latest major injury in the NFL season that's been loaded with them. After he got hurt, Baker Mayfield led the Browns to a win over Cincinnati. Critics said that they're better off without Beckham demanding the ball. And it's no surprise. A lot of people love him, but and he's a dynamic player. But, you know, he's the, the ultimate me-first receiver. And it's the age-old dilemma at that position. The best ones want the ball, expect the ball. They're not happy when they don't get the ball. They want to... In, in traffic and double covered. They want the ball from Jerry Rice to Larry Fitzgerald to you name it. You want the ball, but you know, they're still in that AFC North and you're going to need every weapon you have and not having Beckham will hurt this team. I wonder if it makes Baker Mayfield more effective. And that's kind of a tricky way of saying, is he going to be better because he doesn't have to feed Odell Beckham? Although you want to, I don't, I don't want the defense to know that I, that I have to feed him or when I'm going to give him the ball. I think the element of surprise with Beckham is when he's always at his most dangerous. And he is an elite receiver. He's, he's not the receiver I want on my team, but I understand that weapon. At that position, you know, if it's Antonio Brown, he's a weapon. I wouldn't want him on my team. I understand why Tampa did bring him in. Losing Odell Beckham Jr., it makes you different. I don't know if it makes you better. But this may help Baker Mayfield be a better quarterback. Yeah, McLovin. And good news, Nick Chubb, his uh, report came out, he could be back by week 10. You love Nick Yes, Chubb. I do. So maybe they run more. And I've been saying it all along, that's what they need to do. Run the football, and then you can sprinkle in a couple of big plays. Nothing better than play action when the defense actually buys into play action. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Paulie. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Cardinals uh, got a bye, and then they host the Dolphins after that. Uh, Tua Bailoa will have a game under his belt as the Dolphins have the Rams coming up. One of the stars of the Cardinals' defense, the uh, safety Buda Baker, is uh, joining us on the program. Buda, thanks for joining us. Since this is your first time on the show, you get to decide when I ask you about the DK Metcalf play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Dan. Second off, you can ask me right now. All right. Here we go. Now, have you watched the film as a team? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> How do you think that's going to go that, that it was a great play on your part, but DK tracks you down. How many times do you think coach plays it and then rewinds it? Oh, <laughs> uh, man, uh, probably maybe once or twice. Um, you know, it's all good laughs now that we got the W, but if we didn't get that win, that, that play <laughs> definitely would have been on my mind. When did you realize, could you hear DK running after you? Yeah, so that's what happened first. So, you know, I I get the interception. I see Russ. I'm like, all right, cool. Beat Russ. I'm gone. I'm running. I look up at the jumbotron. You know, you know when you're driving a car and you look in that rearview mirror and it's like objects may be closer than they may appear. 
That's, it was one of those. I looked up in the jumbotron. He looked like he was he was not that uh, close to me. And then I, I felt his steps turn around, and he was right there. Kind of startled me. Then I, you know, try to maybe see if I can stiff arm him real quick. But the way his angle was, it was it was, it was bad from there. So he uh, he tackled me. <laughs> now I got you running a four four five at the combine there, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah four you, four five. Would you like a rematch against DK Metcalf? <laughs> of course, you know the competitor in me. Of course, wants a rematch. I wish I would have just. Uh, stayed looking forward like it was a track meet and just, you know, try to try to edge him out. And sometimes you run faster when you're being, uh, when somebody's being being chased. But in this case, I mean, he got there quickly. He got there a whole lot quicker than I thought he was going to get there. And a guy that size shouldn't be running that fast, Buddha. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what his numbers was at the uh, combine. I think it was a 4-3, but... Yeah. Yeah, that man. Uh, you definitely saw him on the on the camera, digging. <laughs> you know, digging, trying to catch me, and he, he caught me. So kudos to DK. Yeah, but more importantly, you got the win. You guys now five and two. Um, what did What do you think the big reason why you guys have been successful? Is there one thing that stands out? Oh man, I mean, I I really think it's just guys, you know, coming together more and trusting each other within, you know, either the offense, special teams, or defense. And you know, last last game was an ugly game, but we uh, sometimes you got to get those get those ugly games out the way. So that was definitely a a big one for us. Uh, you know, coming off a Monday night game, coming off a short week, going against Seattle, who was coming off a bye week. So it was definitely one of those games where it uh, was very positive for us. If somebody hadn't seen Kyler Murray play, how would you describe him? Electric, you know. Um, that's what I would describe him as, a guy who can throw, can run, who's quick, can make those quick cuts, get in and out of breaks very fast. And, um, you know, he's, he, I love him that he's our quarterback because – I would not want to go against him. Are you a? Have you? You've never hit him before, right? Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you would, would you want to hit him just to? Like, it feels like defensive players on a team, like guys with New England, could never hit Tom Brady, or the Packers can't hit Aaron Rodgers. Like at some point, don't you want to just pop him just a little bit? <laughs> Not at all, you know. That's that's the franchise QB <laughs> guy. You know, you want on the field at all times. So, even in practice, if I get a blitz or if I'm even close to him, it's I'm, I'm stopping at least five to six yards before I even get close to him. <laughs> very smart, very smart. He's Buda Baker, and uh, now Bichard is your real first name, correct? Correct. Who calls you Bichard? <laughs> Actually, uh, now, now nobody really. Nobody really knows. My family, of course, they don't even call me Bichard. So a lot of people don't even really know my real name. <laughs> Wait, your mom, when she gets mad at you, didn't yell out, Bichard? Oh, yeah, for sure. When I was younger, for sure. Now, you know, there's, there's not much she can get mad at me about, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Grown man, I'm out the house, so now it's just, you know calling me she just calls me buddha yeah but yeah it helps you bought her a mercedes bichard yeah 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 for yeah, sure yeah that, that, that what did you get oh man i didn't you know me i didn't i don't really get anything 
Oh, I saw where isn't DeAndre Hopkins? Doesn't he drive like a Ferrari? <laughs> I, I believe so. I think yeah, he's my he's my parking mate. We uh, park next to each other, so yeah, I see his Ferrari out. Uh, <laughs> I took him out for a drive. I asked him like, hey, let me let me let me drive it because you know I've never drove a Ferrari before. So D Hop's a great guy. He's like, yeah, man, do whatever you want. So <laughs> who's got the worst I a Ferrari? I was definitely fun. Who's got the worst car in the parking lot? The worst car? Yeah. Uh maybe Justin Pugh. What's it what's it, he's an offensive lineman, so what's he, he driving a minivan? No, he drives a, a like a Lincoln. A Lincoln like four door SUV. He said he downgraded, you know. He was my uh my parking mate uh last year. He had a Range Rover. It was nice Range Rover for O lineman. <laughs> So uh, yeah, he downgraded to that Lincoln. Well, so. wait. What's the what's the parking mate? What's that mean? So that means you know uh, we have our parking spots in the gate. So he's my he was next to me. Oh okay. All right. Now oh, you're. Oh, see him, you know. <laughs> now it's D Hop with his uh, Ferrari. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Well, good luck in film session. You know. Uh, hopefully, were your teammates? Did they make fun of you at all after the game? Oh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, they were made fun of me. Um, you can kind of say that they were just like, "Yeah, you got hot," but you know, after the after looking at the miles per hour, they were like, "Look, you you were moving. That guy's just, you know, he's he's a mutant." So, <laughs> DK Metcalf looks like a defensive lineman, though, Buddha. Oh man, yeah, he does. He definitely does, and up close he does for sure. I mean, standing up and uh, realizing he tackled me, just like, dang, this this big guy hocked me down. It's crazy. Does Kingsbury ever uh, get in on the action, work out with you guys? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> oh, I thought that he uh, he liked to mix it up a little bit and show everybody he has a good arm. And Oh, I mean, maybe uh, with the offense, but, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know. I don't. <laughs> he doesn't uh, really do much. He doesn't talk about his college career. Nah, he doesn't talk about his college career at all. I mean, he's Cliff is one of those guys that just you know talk about what you need to do for the day, and that's really it. He's a man of you know less words, and we like it that way. Well, uh, congrats so far. Congrats on your contract, and. Uh... Widely recognized as the best safety in the game. Buddha, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. Next time, hopefully we have you on, and it'll be for a different reason, a, a, you know, an even bigger win. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks okay. again for having me. That's uh, Buddha Baker. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.